podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Jazz for KingdomofTheJazz.com. Today's Tuesday, the 12th of October, 2021. Oh, it's nearly, nearly, oh, nearly 16 years of View from the Bridge. Just let that date. Anyway, my name is Patrick Smith. Welcome to another podcast. Um, of course, you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on your normal podcast provider, or on YouTube, where, hello, if you're watching on YouTube, we'll give you a wave. Um, you see our faces, videos, and all that sort of stuff. There's been quite a good response to the YouTube stuff of late, and putting some stuff on Twitter. Um, if you're enjoying the YouTube stuff, do let us know. Um, otherwise, we'll stop with during the time. Uh, <laughs> A four-point weekend for your Belfast Giants against the five Flyers have cemented their place in the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup and witnessed the debut of two local 17-year-old lads whose praises we were only just singing last week. So many stuff's just all falling on the floor. Is that you, Mr. McGimsey? Just need a char- bit of charge here, mate. <laughs> for for, on for those um, doing it on like uh, their Apple, but Matt C would have done. But yes. those yes. watching YouTube will see the professionalism that we... Uh, it's the sort of professional we always have here it's in the from each and every one of us. And the, this week, the Giants kick off the defence of the 2019 Elite League Championship with games in Cardiff and Coventry. The second that game in Coventry being their first appearance in the, on Premier Sports of the season. We've got a hell of a show ahead of you. We've got uh, Aaron Murphy talking about that uh, Premier Sports appearance. We're, t- we're talking to Mark Garside in your fan agenda, and we've got a few of the uh, interviews from training, but we'll start off in introductions. Mr. David McJimsey, how are you today? Paddy, I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic tonight. I've got to be honest, when you say about like, coming up on 16 years of ABFTB, and I remember running around the block with this little MP3 player with one AA battery on it, and just headphones, <laughs> listening to you and, and Iron and Fish and Jago, whoever was, was on back in the day, and wondering would I ever get the call up, and then the call up came. I don't know how many we've done hundreds and hundreds of these later. But also talking talking of anniversaries, I know me Russell likes to remind of this one. It's it's eight Bing. years eight years ago today from Bonegate. Now not everybody that listens to the <laughs> podcast will know that you know I broke my leg. Badly, did, badly broke my leg. Don't you know, I probably haven't said very much on the podcast about it ever, but this day, eight years ago, double break of the leg, still got the ironwork in there, which beeped in in Older Grove last week when I was home following the Giants, which just reminds me whenever I forget, you know, it's still in there. So TV Neil Russell, TV TV's Neil Coach Russell would want to know. So just you know I didn't realise you broke your leg, man. For yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those long time listeners of a view from the bridge don't know that talking about Davy's broken leg and not remembering <laughs> Davy is a is an ongoing ding on this show as is a, know, <laughs> I did I, I did I did uh an AVFTV live from the hospital. I, I, did. I, did, I didn't I didn't miss a I didn't miss a shift. No, you did not, mate. No, no, and that's and that's and that's why you're so highly thought of on this show, mate. It's, it's, it's the, uh, in a hospital in Bristol. Still got the phone out, still got the recording going. You know, I messed it out. And 
And here's Joel. And anybody watching on YouTube can see that Joel's wearing a Boston Red Sox shirt. Great week for sport, um, Patrick. Great week for sport, man. Yeah, well, how, how are you doing? I'm done. All right, man. How are you? Uh, actually, Ah, oh, man, yeah. it's round. It's rounders. You wouldn't care. Uh, oh, I'm an adult. I don't watch that stuff. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, Paddy, before we get on to hockey, how was your weekend at Spurs Stadium? I'd say Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was absolutely stunning. Uh, like the game was a bit of a one-sided affair, and I'm sick and tired of hearing this screeching noise and being told that it was Falcons' first down. <laughs> I was at the I was at the NFL on Sunday down down at watching New York Jets against the Falcons. Are you are you involved in this, David? Does this interest you at all? Uh, the way I have done the American sports because of my first American sports team, Detroit Red Wings, I just went with a city. So yeah, is it the Tigers? So, you know, couldn't tell you if they've had a home run this season or a touchdown, but I know the Wings start soon, so I'll be back on them. Really, well, we, I went down on, on Sunday. Four of us went down. We're all a bit of a uh, enjoy our NFL. We're on, a, on an NFL fantasy league, and uh, we're all a bit of a bit of jip with each other, which was very entertaining. It was a good trip down, and I have to say, like I say, Spurs Stadium is fantastic. And after about the twelfth pint, it was still fantastic. We got there a few great messages from Patrick Smith on uh, on Monday morning, so I knew you'd had a good time. Yes, I wouldn't like to be paying for 12 pints in that stadium. <laughs> Honestly, like, I know we're getting away from it a little bit, but uh, like, first of all, the pint glasses fill from the bottom up. That was interesting to watch. If you look, look it up on YouTube. It's, it was quite, it, the, the system is very, very good. But um, yeah, it was about seven pounds a pint. And all, was, and all it sold was either Budweiser, nope, or uh, Beavertown Neck Oil. Yep. That's nice. That's good it stuff. It is nice. It is nice. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of that. But, what, very brief story, pub beforehand uh, called The Ship on Tottenham High Street. And uh, we went in, we were the first ones in there about lunchtime and uh, went up and ordered four pints of uh, Moretti, brought them back, drink responsibly kids, brought them back and um, set them on the table and then thought to myself, hold on a minute. Not only was that really expensive, but £26.30 doesn't divide in four. <laughs> Just pick a number out of the air like... Yeah. <laughs> by, the time, by the time I worked it out, the bar was filled. There's no point going back up. But the, but she charged me six pounds fifty seven and a half pH. Listen, so, that's really tough. Anyway, we're thinking of you. Hope you're all right. Well, listen, <laughs> yes. what can I say? It's, it was a difficult day. It was a difficult day, and yesterday was even more difficult. Let's get on with it, boys. Belfast <laughs> chance took on the Five Flowers in two games, both away and home. We'll start with that away game. It was a two uh, 0 win, shutout victory for your Belfast Giants. Uh, goals for the Giants coming from Mark Cooper and Jeff Bond, both in the second period. Shane Owen, 39 shots against, two goals against. Tyler Beskarani, 23 shots against, no goals against. And your referees were Pavel Hallis and Robin Elliott. I think this is going to be a very brief conversation about this game because I don't think there was very much to talk about in this game other than the big story of it. And we talked about it last week when Siz was here. We'll say, you know, big shout out to Siz. He's not, a bit of a cold night, so he's uh, taking a bit of a break. But, you know, Siz was absolutely right, you know, and, and you brought it up, Joe, uh, um, Kel Beatty and, and Max Stewart, Davey. They've made their debut for the Belfast Giants on on, uh, on um, Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Friday night. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was brilliant to see. Indeed, um, and, and going into Sunday, but but going going to Friday first, you know, I suppose we'll go go on the back end first. And you know, Kel Beatty and, and lining up alongside Griffin Reinhardt was probably <laughs> like it's it's kind of you know 
kind of dream factory kind of stuff. So you look credit to them. I think um, Kel at about three minutes, five, six shifts. Same with Max, sort of two, three minutes, five, six shifts. Just blooded them, got them into the game early, got them a few shifts. Don't think Kel played very much in the second, but he was relied on in the third period when we're, when we're chasing that shutout. So, you know, good for Kiefer and, and Stu and Mason stuff to keep putting them out on the ice and give them a bit of responsibility. It was a game where not an awful lot happened. Let's be honest. The, the Giants carried the play. We did well in the face-off circle. We had a lot of possession with a lot more shots than Fife. Besco, again, a bit like the, the Dundee game from the week before, dealt with everything that he had to deal with very well. His positioning is lovely. Comes out the top of the blue paint so well, Besco. And it, it was one of those where analysis is is, is like, what do, you, what do you want to talk about? It was a good transition goal. The first goal from... Um, Boucher was uh, was Up Boucher scored the first one, was it? Um, so Boucher so was the no, the two goals came from Cooper and Bomb. Cooper, sorry. Um, so it's it's came off a rebound, I think, from from Gary, and uh, he's tucked it away. And then the second one's lovely. It's a lovely straight face off win, and Bombs Bombs popped it in through a bit of traffic. So good first goal for him. I love seeing players that recognise little milestones like first goals, and I think it might have been Griffin Reinhardt goes and goes and gets the puck back for him. Um, for a little souvenir and uh yeah look as I'll, I'll let joel try and, and come up with something but uh like again we're not going to let happen too now yeah i'd say we're, we're going to breeze through this game because i think there was, wasn't very much took place joel first period literally nothing happened the only penalty was uh was just uh before the 10 minute mark when uh craig peacock formerly this parish uh, took a tripping call um fife had a decent penalty kill i suppose um but, but as as davy says besco positionally besco's just come in in mid-season form to be honest he's already fantastic uh that middle period really the talking point apart from seeing uh mac and kel get their, their first minutes um mark cooper did well uh for for that goal at close range and then again a night of first you know you've got you've got mac playing his first game uh you've got kelby playing his first game you've got mark cooper scoring his first goal for the giants and you've got uh, Bomber scoring his first Giants goal and first pro goal. So it was a wee night of of, uh, of milestones for the fact that it wasn't an overly uh, box office game. Uh, really, the talking point of the game was that that Jeff Bomb goal, uh, just a, an absolutely beautifully taken finish, uh, and, it, and it was worth uh, sitting watching, to be honest. Uh, I think Fife probably had their best period in the third. Um, Besco was, was sort of uh, tested on the penalty kill, bit of scrambling around his crease, but again, he was a match for it. Um, and that third period really was so penalty heavy that nothing really developed. But boys, it's hard to it's hard to call the minute. Like we've watched this Giants team pretty much play Dundee and Fife so far, uh, and and I, I don't I don't mean to be rude. I'm, I'm a you know I really love Todd Didium as a, as a person. I think he's I think he's a class guy, and and Fife is a is a team with a lot of history. But let's be honest, they're in trouble, and I don't think they're a great measuring stick for where we're at because we're going to play an awful lot better than that. More of that talk when we come to talk about the um the next. Thing. I think you're absolutely right. In regards to the bomb goal, I thought it was an absolute stunner. As I think you said that the LFGs per minute went through the roof. <laughs> the LF- um, the LF- LFG PMs absolutely rocketed. Yeah, absolutely through the roof. But uh, you wouldn't have known it was bomb score because I think the commentary described it as that Giants guy scoring that goal. <laughs> Interesting, interesting commentary. In the less said, the better. Um, let's let, and on that, let's move on. The highlights from that game are available from Five Flash TV, and you check out that commentary for yourself. Um, on to the game on Sunday, back at the SSE Arena. Uh, the Belfast Giants had the return game against the Five Flyers and were victorious. Six goals 
chapter two. Uh, the Giants goals coming from Scott Conway in 12.54, a shorthanded goal from Griffin Reinhardt, an unassisted goal from Kieran Long in 25.09, come back to that, Jordan Boucher, a power play goal, Scott Conway with the second of the game, and uh, <clears throat> JJ Pickenich with a power play goal of 57.47. Uh, and for the five flash goals, uh, Jacob Benson and uh, Carson Stadnick on 49.06. With regards to in nets, Jackson Whistle, 10 shots against. Just let that settle in. Yeah, <laughs> let that marinate. Two, 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 two goals against. Um, Shane Owen only lasted 40 minutes, 28 shots against four goals. Andrew Little came in 20 minutes, nine shots against two goals. Refs were Andrew Dalton and Shane um, Ali Ward, is that new? That's a new, new one on me. Um, I'll start with you, Joel. That was a dominant home performance against a team that weren't very good. Yeah, look, I don't think the whole weekend we really got out of second, maybe third gear, uh, to be honest. Uh, the Giants dominated every single facet of that game. We've talked uh, in the last couple of shows about how quickly, and again, you know, take all of this with a pinch of salt because we're playing the same two teams over and over. There is a bit of quality in that Dundee team. I think Pash is doing very good work with, with what he's got and with, at that club in terms of resources and the ability to put a, a competitive team together. Um, but we do not have a, a complete measuring stick of, of who this Belfast Giants team are. There is certainly a lot of quality on display. Two more power play goals, the first shorty of the season, and what a shorthanded goal from Griffin Reinhardt uh, breaking away popping the water bottle into space uh, right on the <laughs> right on the buzzer of, of that second period for the first shorthanded goal of the season. That's a, an early season highlight moment. But to me, like, our, uh, you know, taking, taking what I can from it, the, the special teams continue to click. I think we look really good on the cycle and the power play. There's a lot of movement. We've talked before about how static we would have looked in previous seasons whenever the special teams weren't just quite as, as, uh, as firing as they are. And I hope that that continues to develop. But again, they're not up against much, frankly. They're really just not. Um, Kieran Long has the potential this season to hit the form that he did in Manchester. I know you want to talk about it, Paddy, uh, and, and what led up to it. And, Davey, I know you do as well. But that finish was utterly sublime. That's the Kieran Long that we signed and, and that we would have saw, I believe, if he'd had minutes beyond kind of the odd fourth-line shift in that previous season. Um, so those are the, the big talking points and the main highlights for me, apart from, obviously, the, the phenomenal, the memorable home debuts of Kel Beattie and Mike Stewart. David, that that Kieran Long goal, um, you, you put you tweeted a, a video up for it that sort of toilets way on YouTube at the minute. But the, you put a a, um, a video up on, a, on Twitter and about how you know it starts from west down the back and, and the pressure that's put on to get the puck back and then the long finish. Um, it is it's it's marked down as an unassisted goal for Kieran Long, but you know the the, the effort that was put in there from the young lads to get that and, and to create that goal can't go unrewarded. Un, un, un well, it, it is unassisted in, in, yes. in technical terms. You know, K- Wiss has kicked it out in the corner. Kel Beatty's put it up the boards. Max put a bit of pressure on. Five players going behind his net. Max put pressure on. But the D-mans came on and knocked the, knocked the guy's stick out of his hand. And, and Longer does the rest from there. So, yes, it is an unassisted goal. But as Simon said on commentary, you know, getting a bit carried away, that you know, Mac, Mac deserves an assist for that. And he, he does deserve a technical assist, if you like, that he put all the pressure on the D that, that forced the turnover. But uh, as, as Joel said there, the lovely finish, the patience from Longer to fake the shot and drop inside and go off his feet and tuck it away is a real, real nice finish. And Longer's first game winning goal for the Belfast Giants is his first first home goal for a long time. But, you know, if we're going back there to the start, I know the, the goals are, are rolling away here if you're watching it on the on the Facebook. I'm not sure about that when you put up 
about Scott Conway near Stuart Boucher gets the first goal. I, I don't see, unless it's hit him on the bum or something on the way in, I don't see Scott Conway has got anything on that. But that line yeah. of Conway and Pickenich and um, who else on the Boucher and somebody else on the on the power play. Conway, Pekinich. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I've drawn it back here. Good, good one. Um, on the power play, Joel's talked about it there, and I'm pointing at the screen here, so this won't mean anybody, thing to anybody, but I can see the left circle. The, the work that they around that left circle and along the left half board to cut in and get across that, I think it's um, Conway comes in at the back, or it might be Pekinich for the, the one at the start of the third period. Um Special teams have been great. Over 70% on the face-off, which was critical. But you look at that first period, five of two shots with 33 shots on and off goal in that first period. So, like, if it just quickly, like, over the course of the game, you're looking 89 shots, 59 shots on goal for the 55 shots on goal for the Belfast Chance, 11 for five. It was dominant the whole time. But you've got to caveat that a little bit with what Joel's saying. And this is not condescending. This is a poor five flyers team at the minute. Um Three and three, granted for them. Sunday afternoon matinee performance where they've had two late night games on travel day. It's going to be difficult for them. That's probably why OEC in 40 minutes rather than the whole game. Get the young lad in because, you know, game's over. But at the same time, they're now out of the Challenge Cup after two weekends, three weekends here. And, you know, unfortunately for them, unfortunately for Dutes, I think they're going to have to maybe go back to the drawing board a wee bit. Him and Jeff Hutchins are going to maybe have to go back into the pool. There's not an awful lot out there, I suppose, is the is the thing as well. Maybe people dropping out of camps and ECHL camps, AHL camps now. There might be a bit more in the market. But like from talking to different people, the market's pretty dry at the minute. So, you know, Fife have to recruit from somewhere. I think Joel talked about them, you know, a few, you know, European journeymen and stuff in there. And they, they show glimpses. They show glimpses of, of talent, but that's in very, very, they don't have any depth whatsoever which is which is difficult for them and Owen is going to see an awful lot of rubber this this season and you know they don't have depth in goaltending that perhaps the likes of Cardiff, Coventry ourselves have so you know it's going to be a very very long season to be a Fife Flyer fan. I think, uh, sorry Paddy just on, on Shane Owen I think it would be an awful lot worse without him uh, between oh. those pipes. Owen uh, is, a, is a top top lad and, and, a, and a great goalie he flashed the glove uh, a few times in that Sunday game uh, and, and he just he, he is sharp like but goodness me there's just nothing in front of him and, and I feel for him because he's a, he's a good goaltender that's not getting much help at the minute. If we come back then Paddy to KL and Mac yes. with their, their home debuts you know they've seen an awful lot more ice time on Sunday than they did on Friday, you know, 12, 13, 14 minutes. Um, what am I looking here? 19, 19 shifts, tough shifts, you know, so they saw a lot of ice time. And that line of it was Hookie, Longer, and Mac did great things mm-hmm. going forward. Kel played it nice and simple at the back, did what he had to do. Very like, not, not he doesn't play the game like Mark Garshide, but that smart play where he just gets the first pass out quick gets it up the board if he has to get it up the board. He did everything tidy. Physicality is always going to go against these guys because they're young lads, they're only 17, and they don't have the body size. You see the likes of a, you know, a six foot two, six foot four forward coming in. It's a, it's a bit of a body mismatch, but, you know, you, they're, they're game. Their game is Badgers, and they got stuck in there. You've seen Mac driving the net a few times. There's obviously the one incident. I don't know if you want to come back and talk about that, where he takes the goalie interference penalty. Longer feeds the puck back into him, but... You know, they weren't found wanting in any facet of their game. And Brave is 
brave as anything on those going in the end of the blue paint. So I was impressed by their home debuts. I think that's the fact, isn't it? It's the fact that you know you're talking about two 17 year old lads who have put the effort in to get to the stage that they are now. And we spoke about this last week about the fact that they were, you know, there was the, the uh, was it Mac was playing at Leeds and mm-hmm. uh, and there was you know they they're, they're getting experience and just looking for that chance to come back into the squad. And, you know, due to injuries and due to being short of bench and trying to get these, the, the opportunity arose to bring the both of them in. And they didn't disgrace themselves in any shape, form or fashion. You know, not that we were expecting anything, but you know, they came in, they put a strong showing. The fact that they were, you know, there was a brilliant that if you know, I reposted on, on Twitter that, uh, that um, says did directly after the game on Friday uh, with the two lads, and you could see how buzzing they were, how excited they were to be part of it. You could see how excited that um, Adam Keefe was yeah. to be able to give these two young lads that chance, and that's exactly what we want from the game here at this moment, you know, to have these two lads with thick Belfast accents hitting, hitting the ice with you know, Belfast on the front of their shirt. And and you know when they came when when it was let known to them that they were going to be coming back to play in Sunday, you know there, there were already games. You know, was it Kel said he had a, a game at Solway he was supposed to go for, but he wasn't going to be able to do that because he was going to be playing for the Giants on Sunday night. And the excitement from that to be able to play in front of a home crowd at the SSE Arena with a Belfast Giants shirt on, I, I looked at these two seventeen-year-old kids and I thought to myself, I'm jealous. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am jealous. The, what the I wouldn't team. give for that position. The two things I took out of that party, the, the, the pride that Adam Keefe had in his face, yeah, just nice. listening to them, watching them, you know, talking about their game and their experience that just had, he was loving it. He 100%. was loving it for them. 100%. And it's great that he's been in a position, he's maybe been thrust in that position because of Laker and Soy and um, who else was out injured? Oh, Darcy Mur- Murphy. If they were out injured, the, the guys don't get their chance, but they've stood up, they've took their chance. And it was great. And talking, not me talking, Max, you're talking in his little interview about, you know, he's grown up in that locker and he's been a yes, yeah. dad there for his whole life, walking in and out of there year on year on year. And now he's walking in to his own stall. The path is set up from with his kit and just the way he wants it set up by Taff, by not the Taff again for all the work he does for us. But you like, those kids are, as you say, Am I jealous? Of course I am, because I'm jealous of every single Belfast giant that's ever played, because they play for us because we can't, and that's why we support them. But, like, must what must that be like? Amazing that those guys that have been there their whole lives are so invested in this club are now Belfast giants, and we're part of their elbow. Line of the weekend for me, I was in the, the media room waiting to grab some audio for A View From The Bridge after the game. Says was uh, was interviewing Adam for the official channels. Uh Adam Keefe to me is just like the, the most fearless athlete I've ever met personally. Adam Keefe would chase a puck into hell. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's just, he's not scared. He said, when I was 17 years old, I was playing 17 year olds. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's those two kids out there. And do you know what? Mike, especially I saw, even if he wasn't, you know, making any impact, he was throwing that body. If even if he was bouncing off again, he was chucking that body. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think there was any malice in, in obviously coming down the the, the railroad on on Oe um, and sort of making contact in the crease. Um, lovely moment though. To be fair, one of those moments that you only get in hockey when Kieran Long just did not miss a beat and piling onto that. Do not touch the kid. Uh, I thought that was a lovely moment, just a nice moment of togetherness. But uh, to go back to, and I think it's a little fair, unfair on Kel. 
um, who obviously is, is completely equal in this. I think the pair of them were absolutely spectacular. Yes. But the, the the stories that most of us will have are about Mac because Mac was this cute little kid running about the arena behind his dad. He was on the ice in period breaks, you know, even 10 years ago, whenever, you know, ki- other kids are still learning to walk and he's pirouetting around the ice. He always had the feet. He always had uh, the ability. I remember speaking to to Rob Stewart in, uh, in Lanshut after the Continental Cup in 2012. Um, it was after you that last evening. Yeah, I was going to say, it was after that last evening, a, a few libations had been took. And I had said to him, Stu, you know, what about Mac? Look at the kid. Like, I mean, he's, he was born with skates on his feet. Stu sort of looks around and thinks for a minute and he goes, he needs to be bigger. <laughs> That's always stuck with me. I was like, one day, one day we will see that shirt in a shirt jersey uh, in the Odyssey Ice. And I'm still pinching myself that it's kind of happened. It's just phenomenal that we have watched this kid literally grow up in the arena. It's dream stuff. Uh, I, I, just if you consider how passionately and, and how staunchly uh, that our fan base have uh, have supported homegrown talent right from the start, because it means more here. There's less facilities. There's less opportunities. Hockey isn't established. You know, the one public rink on the island of Ireland is in Dundonald, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to, for, to have those kids that make it, uh, you know, versus other kids who are coming up through developmental systems, junior leagues, and even the unsung heroes of this, the, the mums, the dads, the junior giants, uh, the boys and the girls that are getting on ferries and traveling all weekend just to play in Scotland. Uh, this hopefully should be a shining light to all of them that one day they can do it too. I think that's exactly it. There's probably fans, you know, if we do have fans from other teams that listen to the podcast, but there are probably fans from other teams from around the league thinking, what's the big deal? We get players coming through, young lads from Sheffield coming through, young lads from Nottingham coming through, Coventry, Cardiff. We get this all the time. Yes, you do, but we don't. And, you know, know, the the, the Gareth Martins, the Mark Morrisons, the the Graham Waltons, you know, the the Dickos, the Chris Magemses, you know. Gareth Roberts. (laughs) Gareth Roberts. Gareth Roberts, absolutely. You know, these, 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 lads you know they're, they're few and far between unfortunately and when they get their chance you know the, the best thing is that the the crowd at the SSE or the crowd at the Odyssey Arena get behind them and when we see two young lads at 17 years old come out and play the way they did against the five flyers and two wins especially being key parts and goals such as Kieran Long's it you know we're, we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it ad nauseum because we love it it's exactly what we want it's the sort of developmental part of the game that we haven't had or hasn't been showing for a long time, and now we're getting it to show, and it's really, really good to see. Um, before we close up, and before we close up on this part, I just want to—we're going to hear from uh, one of the goal scorers, and that is Kieran Long. Joined by Kieran Long on Tuesday morning uh, before practice, longer um, a weekend where we're short on bodies, um, and Adam decided to call up to the, the younger lads who've been training with you since. Uh, the start of September, um, it certainly didn't look out of place. Yeah, no, I uh, I actually messaged uh, Cal. I did. I, I should have messaged Mac as well, but they both did themselves really proud. I thought they both held their own um, and looked really good. So it was really promising for their careers. Friday night, obviously the, the victory over uh, the Five Flyers in five, and then Sunday, uh, get yourself a Superman goal um, and, uh, and and playing more or less for the, the the second half of the game with Mac on your on your line itself. And and again, you know, between yourself, Hooky and Longer, you or sorry, Mac, you had some chances. Yeah, we did. I thought we all three of us played really well. We stuck together as a unit. Um, we were going up the ice together, came back together, um, and it worked really well. Um, yeah. It's good from a perspective of you've been there before with regards to, you know, being a 17, 18 year old um, and 
don't take us the wrong way, but you're one of the oldest in the group now. Um, and obviously offering your, exp- your experience, and your, your, you know, it's going to filter down to the likes of uh, Mac and Kel. Yeah, definitely. And I, I remember when I was that age, I, I was getting help as well from the boys. So it's, it's just nice to give them a little helping hand, give them a little bit of confidence and just let them know they're not on their own kind of thing. Challenge Cup um, has sort of been put in the back burner now uh, and it's gearing up for the weekend. Cardiff and Coventry, two big, big tasks. Uh, the boys up for the task? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, no excuses of any injuries. Um, you know, we, we've got to come out and prepare well this week and I think the boys are ready for an exciting weekend against Cardiff and Coventry who both look extremely good. Um, I'm pretty sure Coventry beat Cardiff on the Sunday or one of the days. Um, so, you know... It, both games are going to be hard and I think we just need to prepare well and I'm sure we will. Thanks Longer. No worries. Thanks to Karen Long. Um, any last thoughts on the game, Davey? I guess one thing that, that, that has struck me over the last uh, two, three games maybe is the, off. we're getting offense from everywhere, we're getting a lot of help from the blue line which, uh, which is it's coming from a couple of, of ways, we talked about this the other week where we have been transitioning so quick, which allowed us to push D back. But D dropped off, which allowed us our, our D main to activate. But we're getting a lot of shots, and there's only been, I think, the last three games now we haven't we've only had one player that hasn't had a shot on goal. They've had shots off goal. Every player had a shot on or off goal on, on the last three games, which is just phenomenal. That the confidence is there. You know, nobody's dishing. Nobody's everybody's taking the opportunity. Shellam goes in, like as I said, 90 something shots towards goal the other night just tells a story. So I'm pleased that this is critical time now. I know you'll come to it at the end of the show and I'll not talk about it then. But this now, this weekend, is this is sort of barometer. Oh, look at it. Nice, <laughs> nice. Nice segue. Um, <laughs> One for the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be sort of the absolute test of where we are at. I think Joe might have even mentioned that earlier on himself. You know, We've played five, we've played on day a couple of times, three times, whatever, each now. Cardiff is, is a big step up. They've, they've had that CHL time over the last few weeks. They've had games, good, two goaltenders, two import goaltenders, which we'll not know until Saturday who we're going to face, and CJ Mod and Nett on Sunday night. It's going to be the the critical matchups this weekend. It's going to be difficult for us, but you know we've had, if you'd like, pre-season's over. And that's not supposed to end up you're a Dundee fan or you're a Fife fan. I don't mean a Dundee beat us. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just mean that that'll have been our focus probably over the last will have been to come out of the games against Fife and Dundee in a positive position in the group, but to get minutes on their, to get minutes on their both goaltenders, to get, well, unfortunately, we've came away with a few injuries, obviously. We've also had boys come in there, a bit of fitness that, that were injured. So it'll have been a critical, it'll have been a good three weeks for us. But really, the season starts now. But it's like, but the I know you it, you say you know you don't want to sound disparaging. You don't because the it, it's a fact of the matter that the Challenge Cup of which your know, Challenge Cup group of which we are top and of which we are now qualified for the quarterfinals is a low risk competition in the group stage for a team like the Belfast Giants who are expected to win. You know enough games to get through to the quarterfinals. Be that you know we could have uh, the other the other um, groups are out of our hands. Okay, so but only one team out of the nine who are competing because Bray had our, our Glasgow are not part of the competition this year, but one team out of the nine who are competing drops out. So even if you know Manchester are beaten another times, or, or even if the Giants had lost both games this weekend to the Five Flyers, we probably still going through because there's going to be points dropped in other groups to drop somebody down below. It, it's just low risk. So 
I think it's a calculated risk to make that preseason, which I think is has worked out well. Or I guess we'll see in the coming weeks if that was if it has worked out well as it, compared to the likes of we'll talk about Cardiff and whatever where they come out of with regards to the uh, the, the Champions Hockey League and stuff like that. I'm going to wrap this part of it up. Like I say six two win for your Belfast Giants on the uh, on the on the on the Sunday. A great victory for them. Highlights from Belfast Giants TV and Mister Kitchen. Um, speaking of Mister Kitchen, obviously not with us today because he's he's feeling a bit under the weather. Big shout to him again. Uh, he was was able to get down to training and chat with Jeff Jeff Mason, uh, JJ Pickenich, and uh, Griffin Meyer. JJ, um, another two results of the weekend. Two positive results. Uh, gets the five flyers. Managed to pick yourself up another goal. Um, how's your season started for you, and and obviously how for the, for the team collective? Uh, I think it's gone well. Um, you know, there's still some bumps we got to figure out, and uh, we're working on that today as a team. But um, I, I think it's it's a good start. Um, you know, it's good that I almost uh, believe that it's kind of good to have adversity in the beginning. So um, I don't think we've seen too much of that yet, despite having some injuries. So uh, I think it's good overall, and we're going to keep building it. This weekend, uh, you get the, the experience, the league format. Uh, you got the Cardiff Devils on Saturday, Saturday, um, and the uh, the uh, Coventry Blaze on Sunday. Looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be our first league games there, so um, we're definitely expecting it to be pretty electric and. Uh, about it. I think that's all I got. <laughs> Hi, JJ. Mace, uh, doubleheader weekend against the Fife Flyers there and, and uh, success in both games. Fife's it, 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 uh, it's been a difficult rink to go into, uh, but we did put on a good performance and obviously came out with a positive result. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you said, it is a hard village to go in and play. Uh, their fans are good. Uh, sometimes it's a bit cold and dark and damp and, and uh, conditions can be a bit tough, but uh, no, the guys have done well to go in there both times and really, uh, you know, put in a good effort, control the, control the majority of the play, uh, and two good results. Obviously, Sunday's game, uh, coming back home again, uh, again, another victory is 6-2. Uh, went over the over the flyers and, and a couple of promising performances from a from a couple of seventeen year olds. Yeah, you know they really helped us out. We we're so short bench to, uh, to be able to get them in and eat up that many minutes that they both played was, was really key for us, especially going forward. Uh, obviously, a good performance by us. Uh, we controlled the play. We did all the things that we wanted to do. Uh, if you listen to to uh, talk to speak, they're, they're not where they want to be. Uh, you know, they might make a few changes, but. You can only play the team that's in front of you, and, and we put in a really solid effort, and uh, you know, got another good result. Qualification for the Challenge Cup now secure. We move on to start the league program this weekend against the Cardiff Devils and the Coventry Blaze. Two tough teams, and and uh, it doesn't really start any harder than the, the Devils and Cardiff. Yeah, you know, I think everyone here is excited to get the league play going, and if you if you look at the, those two teams playing each other last week. Uh, two quality sides. They, they both, uh, you know, they split on the weekend, so we're expecting two really tough tasks. Obviously, going into Cardiff's never easy. Coventry is a hard place to play. They got a really good goalie, uh, and they play hard in that building. So we see two really, uh, really hard games. Cheers, Miss Griffin. All our weekend, uh, four points against the Five Flyers. Uh, Friday night's game, first of all, and uh, tough again, being a couple of guys down. But a really good resultant performance in fight. Um, yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough being down some guys like that. Um, but you know, luckily everybody's playing well, and it makes it easier. You know, to shorten the lineup, just get a rotation in. 
um, and then we continue that on to uh, Sunday as well and had a good result. Uh, being guys down gives the opportunity for other people to come into the lineup. Um, and with two local boys coming into the lineup, um, how'd they get on for you, in your opinion? Yeah, they were good. Um, you know, the first uh, game, I'm sure they're a little bit nervous, but they handled it well. Um, you know, as I played with uh, Mac on the back end there, or sorry, with Cal, and it was, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, you know, I've been in that position before too, so uh, I'm hoping, hoping they enjoyed it and just continue to get better. Sunday, uh, come back to Belfast again. They get their home debut in front of a big crowd, um, and it's all about the preparation for this weekend. Um, the league starts this weekend, Cardiff and Coventry. Uh, you haven't faced those two teams yet, but uh, I'm sure you're expecting a tough challenge. Yeah, from what I hear anyway, you know, first year in the league, I haven't played these teams, but I've heard uh, it'll be a good challenge, and hopefully we're ready for it. Thanks very much. Thanks, Chris, for getting, <clears throat> for getting down to training and picking up those interviews. Davey, before we go into news, I, I got, I've got this working. I've got this button. And I'm coming to you. <laughs> it's back! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost back! <laughs> sort of, sort of back. Um, we start, man. <laughs> Nice. We've scored uh, we scored six goals in that last game. Uh, is there a statistic around that? Yes, there is. The uh, and thanks to the stat guys, the Kalen, the the Phil, the Stevie, who do so much work behind the scenes, and I get the glory on the podcast of being called the stat man. But it's a stat team, trust me. Um, the Six goals for the Belfast Giants for the 66th time we have scored six goals at the Odyssey Arena. So here's a little stat for you. Six, six, yeah. six. Not bad. There you are. Well, worth it. You know what I mean? I knew there was something to do with that. I don't remember you mentioned that. So yeah, well, you, you knew that. You knew that. Yeah, I knew that already. I've, I've been counting it up myself. I think I've got a spreadsheet somewhere. No, nice work. Nice work. I know and uh, well worth shouting for the stats team, mate, because I know there's a lot of effort put in. By those guys, both at games and after games, to get those oh, like, seriously, so, just to, just to give them another, just to give them a little plug, like Stevie Thompson's, like a modern day rain man. He's got a, he sends me a, a Excel spreadsheet over on a Monday morning. That's like nineteen megabytes or something. It's, it's been it's been twenty years, and it's in the data in it. And like come come a Monday morning, he has downloaded every goal scored in the um, elite league, analyze where the goaltenders are conceding them, where they're, you know, doing shot maps, goalie maps, all for Monday morning for me to compile reports to try and send across. All we're doing, all we're trying to do is, you know, find that half inch and find that, that, that one half mil that might mean one goal of the Giants this season. Might mean nothing, but we if we're just trying to push the envelope, the health keeper. Stats and analytics are so important. Now you know what Steve Key, you see the pirate there sitting up there too, Joel, you know, analyzing everything that's going on, cutting video. And all we're trying to do is find that extra little, little piece that someone else hasn't got that, that give us that little edge. So those guys do so much behind the scenes. And as I say, I come on the podcast and get called the stat man, but like Stevie Thompson, Keelan Daly, Keelan, Keelan Dealey, Deeney, see? There you, there you go, there you go. I've got scissors teeth in, it's nearly midnight. <laughs> and, and Phil Armstrong are three little legends for the Belfast Giants. Couldn't agree It's more. all about the, uh, was it the uh, Dave Brailsford said, it's the accumulation of marginal gains. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And it's uh, it, it, it might drive you past just that one game or whatever here, but yeah, top work by you all. Uh, Joel, take the news. Yeah, uh, quickly, boys, uh, run through the the results from the weekend. Uh, David, <laughs> David, you've been proud. You've been proud of this one, mate. Joel's put his glasses on. I've got notes. Listen, I've, I've got notes. There were uh, Challenge Cup wins all weekend by home teams, and there were league wins all weekend by away teams. So if you're a, a betting individual, hope you got that on. Um, the Challenge Cup this weekend on Saturday night, Nottingham beat Manchester by 3-1 to one at home. Dundee managed to beat Fife 3-2, to two, and Cardiff beat Coventry 4-1. Um, and then on Sunday in the Cup, Coventry uh, returned the favour to snap a three-game losing streak in the Cup by beating Cardiff um, in the Sky Dome by three goals to two. Only two games in the Elite League over the weekend. Uh, Sheffield and Guildford had a, a home and away uh, series uh, on Saturday, Sheffield lost to Guildford uh, by six goals to four, and then returned the favour on Sunday by six goals to three. Um, I'm going to get straight into the news and something that uh, that we probably should have mentioned right at the top of the show, um, but it's uh, it's uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. Mister Jim Gillespie was back in the SSC Arena on uh, on Sunday afternoon. There were there were two boxes down from where we were. Uh, are we sort of media perch? Uh, and I could see him and Mitzi and Mister Fitzpatrick was in having a yarn. And um, the the Smallsy showed me a couple of photos after of Jim like celebrating right in the moment. Uh, you could see the the delight on his face to be back in the arena. He obviously had tried to be there for for opening weekend and, and sort of health issues didn't permit. And um, it was just a, a real real special moment to see him, uh, especially. Obviously, Mitzi too and the family, um, but him back in, in Northern Ireland and back in the arena. Uh, I'm guessing, David, you're going to want to talk about this first. I will. <clears throat> There's not an awful lot I can say about Jim Gillespie that, that hasn't been already said and, and rightly deserved. President of the club, Mr. Belfast, as, as I call him and many, many others call him. And we've said all along, you know, no Belfast giants without Jim Gillespie. And it would be wrong to, to forget about all the people that came before Richard. Remember Richard way back in the day in the office? and. Really, yeah. John Elliott and all coming in and different people that have been custodians of the club along the way. But Jim Gillespie especially came in at a time when things were really dark for the club and, and rescued us and pulled us up by the bootstraps and then obviously passed it on to the to the hands of the trust who have, have honoured Jim. Jim being honoured as well by the, uh, the British Ice Hockey Hall of Fame as, a, as an inductee there. And, and well-deserved. Look, it's brilliant to see him back in Belfast. His health hasn't been good for a number of years, but look, the respect the guys held, Jim and Mitzi, Jitsi, you know, it's great to see them over from Texas and I don't know how long they're staying in the country for, but while they're here, they should be cuddled and praised in, in every syllable and every superlative you can think of. Just to love them to bits. I just come in as well. It's just a, there, there was a time when we wondered or we worried whether we able we'd see Jim Gillespie back at mm. the SSC Arena again, and you know would he get to see his beloved Belfast Giants again? And it's fabulous that he's there, not just you know just as the president of the club to be present for the games, given the long layoff that we've had over the last eighteen months that the team is back up and running and doing so well and started the season so well, but also that he's able to see the, the leaps and bounds that we've come along, you know, the, the, the rebranding, the way that the SSE arena looks, the way that you know, the show that the team is in good hands, that are, you know, it's got a great coach. It's all, it's got a title in the, in, in the cupboard waiting to be defended. And, you know, the club is in great hands now, but it, the, the hands that it's in now wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have had their hands in the club if it wasn't for Jim Gillespie and, mm-hmm. and the, 
the effort and the money and, and the support that he gave <clears throat> to the club to bring us out of what was a very dark time. And, you know, going right back to that time, coming out of the Super League when we wondered where we'd have a club. And I remember it so well. You know, and, and, you know, and Davies already mentioned, uh, you know, Jim Elliott and, uh, and Richard and, and the guys who worked so hard to, to bring the club through. But, Fabulous to see Jim back at, back at the SSC arena. I know I was talking to Laura when I was back um, last time. Unfortunately, Jim wasn't able to be there for that game, but it was great that he was able to be there for that five game. Yeah, to, to your good health, Jim and Mitzi and, and the whole family. Um, Absolutely. Just, just phenomenal to see them. Uh, running through just some some news kind of around the league and a bit further afield, boys. Uh, we talk about it or have talked about it, depending on the continuity of this show with uh, with Mr. Aaron Murphy, but GB's women uh, played a, a series of uh, Olympic qualifiers over the weekend on Premier Sports, uh, beat Iceland 5-0, uh, dropped 2-1 to Slovenia, and uh, went into the final game against Korea uh, with a knowing that a two-goal margin would see them through to the, the last round of qualifiers. Um, for, for Beijing in 2022 and uh, it took a 1-0 lead deep in the second period and just could not find that second apparently it was a thriller of a game um, but despite not making it through their, their uh, performance has been lauded by by everyone who saw it there was four-figure attendance in the arena um, and I, I don't know that we need to, to recover it it's obviously on the show already but um, the future appears to be bright and, and it's personally for me anyway I think it's fantastic to see the, the women's side of the game continue to grow in, in the UK. Yeah, we'll be hearing more about that from uh, from Aaron Murphy later on. But yeah, absolutely. And boys, uh, I don't know if you have a have a song ready for me here, Patrick. But <laughs> here we go. <laughs> after uh, after the end of furlough in the UK, it appears that Dops are back. Nice. Uh, <laughs> have to get this fixed. Dops. Cancel that. I want to get the dops button fixed. Go. You, you can't get the staff. Uh, Anthony DeLuca was handed a two-game suspension after a kick to Flames goaltender Kevin Linskoog in the crease during a goal celebration. Uh, I, my personal take on this, I, I, I mean, I'm guessing we've all seen it by now. I did the rounds on social media. The pitchforks were out on Twitter this weekend for DeLuca. Um, not a player who's really known for being particularly dirty or whatever else. You know, I always go back to. Uh, the, the risk involved in hockey, the intensity by which these men, uh, men in, in this league, are uh, are expected to play at, um, and and you know you're you're really acting on instinct a lot of the time. Uh, there was a kick to to Linskog. I think it was uh, a bad look on Deluca. I think it was a, a bit of a scumbag move, to be honest. There was not intent to injure with that kick. I mean, there really wasn't. I I compared it in a chat uh, at the weekend to that time David Beckham lifted his foot against Argentina in the late nineties, and the whole world had a meltdown. Uh, from that that red card for that kick, that's a, a deep pull for you. Um, but anyway, Dobbs come back uh, with a, a two game suspension. Probably need to set a precedent on it uh, to make sure that it doesn't happen again. I think Deluca's apology was fairly mature, and, and I mean it, it really was not a big deal to me. But um, Dobbs's reasoning for it, they said, is important. It's important to note that the kick was not forceful. We've always been clear that force is an important consideration for on ice officials. Must emphasize that using a skate or skate blade to make intentional or reckless contact with an opponent, regardless of the purpose, is entirely different to a hit that involves a player body or stick minimal force required to dangerously cut or injure an opponent um, but they said it wasn't malicious and he wasn't as re- a repeat offender do you have any takes about the meltdown about DeLuca having a wee kick at Linsko yes go DeLuca I, I, you know, his, I think your words were his apology was mature his apology was a man who got caught fair I think you know it was it was this like you say it was a scumbag move fellow was down goal was scored he threw a little dig in with his foot, thinking he'd get away with it. 
and it got caught. It got caught in camera. It got seen. You know, it, it, it was dirt, and he deserves his two games. Mm-hmm. And he came out and apologized. But that was a man who that's a man who only apologizing because he got caught. Absolutely fair, Davy and the ad. No, I didn't like the look of it either. But um, great, great recovery from the Dobbs theme there. A little, a Are you little kidding bit, me, Simon. A little bit of budges of both said. I agree with Paddy there. A man caught on it. It was never meant to injure someone, but you know, a, a lot of things that happen on the ice aren't aren't intended to injure people. But people can get hurt and. Uh-huh. You've got a very, very sharp blade on your feet, especially if uh, Taff Ellery has done your skates for you. So, you know, you've got to be very, very careful out there. And it was a it was a, a D1CK move and he got caught on. And that's all there is to say about it, really. Uh, on the flip side to that particular coin, Lyndon Springer has been enjoying more early showers. Uh, against Nottingham in the Challenge Cup on Saturday night, he received two for slashing and five-plus game misconduct for fighting. He has now been ejected four times, once per weekend since the season started. I'm going to press my button at this point that Lyndon Springer is the next inductee into the Devin Didiomiti Joe Grimaldi EIHL Hall of Fame. It feels to me like he's hit this point where the reputation's going to stick and he's going to keep getting binned. And it, does that become untenable eventually? But like four weekends and kicked every single weekend. Come on. Do you expect anything else from Linton Springer? Like, are we? <laughs> is anybody really surprised? If Mister If Mister Kitchen was with us, he'd be shaking his head saying he's absolutely not surprised. This is this player that you know that Manchester know that they're getting, and you know it's just same old, same old. You Springer well, fan, David? Like Finners, Finners um, recruited him for a reason. Um, I'm not sure it's to score thirty goals, so he must be happy enough to take the risk that he's going to lose him. And it's not even so much that, that you're losing him for portions of games. He's going to pull up suspensions here too. You know, he's going to get two games here, three games there. And then when he has his Derek Campbell moment or his Grimaldi moment and he misses 10 games, 15 games, gets a season, whatever, it, it would just be nice to see him trying to... The game has changed. The game has changed significantly. And, and I thought... Actually, this season would have started the way teams were recruiting, and ourselves included. I thought we had recruited a bit more size and a bit more. Um, what we have that kind of team toughness, if you like, where where guys are are happy to to get involved in scrums and 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 grabbing and holding rather than you know anything really stupid. We haven't seen anything from a Belfast giant yet that's kind of crossed the line. There's been a few conversations on Twitter and stuff, but like Lyndon Springer is a bit of a liability there at Manchester and it's one that a clever coach will will play on when we go and play them so you know as Joel says he's he's kind of we're not reinventing the wheel with Lyndon Stringer you're you're getting what exactly what it says on the tin with him interested to see if anything comes of that with regard to Dobbs because it's a it's a bad look to, to be kicked four weekends in a row um in other news next premier sports game there was obviously no game last weekend with the, the gb women's games um the next game is this sunday as your very own belfast giants visit the sky dome to take on the coventry blaze so um murph what will time? have uh-huh. what time's it on up patty <laughs> Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Face off. Game starts at half five on Premier Sports. Yeah. So uh, I'll continue with my Premier Sports plug. 
that's on Sunday and also Premier Sports this week. And I stopped to 15 NHL games a week um, if you're into walk, uh, watching the, the show. Um, so good bang for your buck there. Um, and in addition to the, the great international and the IHL coverage from, from Premier Sports. Finally, for me, really, uh, Devils in the CHL. Uh, we talked about them heading out to Finland to play uh, Luka Rama last Wednesday. They were beaten 5-2. Taking them to one and four at the bottom of a group, also featuring other Mannheim, and I can never pronounce it. Is it Lausanne? 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 Um, they play in Wales tomorrow. <laughs> they play in Wales tomorrow. We had the Giants this weekend, um, so there's obviously that quick turnaround for the Giants to, to factor, which will hopefully be a, a slight positive. Um, I guess my only question with this is, and it's a question that that we've talked about at length here: the CHL is it worth it for teams in the Elite League? And the caveat to that is that your very own Ice Barn are also one and four, Paddy, at the minute they in the are. CHL, and they are, and they've just brought in uh, what do you call them from Detroit, uh, Frankson. Anyway, but yes, they are. Is it worth it? Um, for we'll see on Saturday, I guess. <laughs> it's, you know, I think we'll, we'll hear from we'll hear from Aaron Murphy shortly, and he makes a very good point on the basis that, um, you know, or sorry, it was actually Mark Garside who we'll hear from. You know, they've had the build up in the CHL. Are they going to come out all guns blazing because they have been playing at that level for a few weeks now? Yeah, so, it's true. You know, from, and Davies always said, you know, from a point of view of you know, success, the CHL is not going to bring us any success. We, we, no, no team in the elite league. No, well, no team in the elite. No, I mean, like from a, an actual silverware oh, perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. no team in the elite league is strong enough to win the CHL. They might get to the next round. They might have a oh look, we've made like we've made it to the, the knockout stages, but they're not getting all the way to the final, and they're not going to win it. Is it going to build a team that brings success domestically? Potentially, mm-hmm. not not for us because we we'd already wanted to get in, and you know we give away places because that's just who we are. But you know, it's it. You're we'll welcome. see on Saturday. We'll see on Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, come on, David. Oh, you're welcome, Cardiff. I was just saying. Um, yeah. Well, time and time again, they benefit no, from the fact yeah, that we're good. We've rehearsed this argument before about the Continental Cup, and you know we've gone to the final of it, Steelers. Not in them over the years as well. I've, I've done Coventry. We've done people have done well in the Continental Cup, and that's maybe where um, the silver were opportunity and that chance like that. That Sunday we had against Ardham was incredible as a Belfast Giants fan, and it's something that'll stick in the memory for a long, long time. It was fantastic to be involved in. I wasn't high on the CHL at all, and you know, I was vocal on on Twitter about not being, but enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the experience to go out to the Czech Republic for the guys that got to go to Germany and, and off to Sweden and stuff. It was great to be involved in it and you're playing against real top, top opposition. And that first night, another night, that that night against Liberets, that'll live in the memory for a long time as well, that opening night at the Odyssey. But I think we sit better. The, the guys enjoy playing on it, fair enough, and it helps. It's a great recruitment tool. But I sit more comfortably in the in the Continental Cup, where we have a real chance. You you play hockey to raise banners. No elite league team, certainly in the next long while, is going to raise a CHL banner. But somebody could raise a Continental Cup banner, season on season. EHL team, EIHL teams could do that, and that's where I sit. I, I, I like it. They have. They, yeah, they have. They have. Not, not even won it, didn't they? So it is, it is possible. So I'm, I'm not on the fence. I'm, I'm more continental cup, but I enjoyed the, the CHL experience. No doubt about that. 
yeah, heading into a challenge this weekend, as Paddy says. Second period reminded me of a movie of Slapshot. Yeah. And with that, that's your news, Patrick Smith. Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. And we are joined. I don't want to say, like, so, who, what was it? somebody said it was like the elder statesman of the Belfast Giants. It sounds really bad when you say that. It sounds like you're like one of the longest serving Belfast Giants on the team. Let's put it at that. Mr. Mark Garside, how are you? I'm all right, mate. How are you all? Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, do, you, do you feel upset if you get called the elder statesman of the Belfast Giants? I might, just to jump in with a stat yeah. there, am I not right in saying Deco's the elder statesman? Gary's actually younger. Uh, that's oh, right. That's true. Fair He's enough. practically a win. Uh, practically uh, a win compared to Deco. Um, we get stuck straight in just talking about the weekend there. Two games against Fife, because all we ever play are Fife and Dundee these days. But uh, two games against Fife, um, uh, a good shutout win away and an absolute dominant win at home. Uh, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, uh, we knew going into the weekend we were down bodies, so we knew it was going to be difficult, but we survived. And the guys that played played well, so, and then obviously we two young kids jumping the line up. It's always good when you see see young guys come through doing well. Well, that was going to be my next question with with Kel and uh, and Mac coming in. You know, obviously there's a real interest from us as as local people have a local guys on the team, and it, it means a lot to us regards the representation. But those guys really made a good uh, made good showing of themselves out there. Yeah, they did. It was probably really exciting, and at the same time, probably a bit nerve wracking for them going and you know jumping in there. And I don't think they really expected to play much this season, but with the lineup numbers the way they are, I think they probably end up seeing them. A little bit more as well, you, you know. One of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Gary, was the import, or not the import caps, or the bench size coming down, which yeah. might have, if all your imports are available, might squeeze some of the developmental guys like Kel and, and Mac from not getting. But like Longer scores the other night, and it's Kel goes up the wall, Mac chips it on, Longer scores, hookies in the line, Wes is saved, you know, five British guys on the ice with obviously Reinhardt as well at the back. But you know, with these injuries, it's given a couple of young guys a chance to come on. They certainly didn't let themselves down. No, they've done really well. I mean, they kind of it's a difficult situation for any kid across the UK who's coming out of youth development. Like, our youth development, quite simply, isn't good enough to produce players at 17 to compete with 25-year-old Canadians who've come through the best system in the world. You know, on a, you know every single one of them will come through and do that. So, for them just to do that, come through and compete with those guys, you know, it's uh, it's quite something to do. You know, they're obviously talented boys. And what what about yourself there? You've you've had the opportunity, obviously, the last couple of seasons going back on the on the back end, but back up front over the past weekend as well, playing a few shifts up there. I uh, know that's. I'm not sure that that's a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously. Well, shot on the front, so Kiefer asked me to go go up and do a job, and I am still capable of uh, going back the years every now and then. There's, a few, points, the... there's a few points and a few pluses wrapped up. Eh, no, no big deal, you know. How did you feel about Karen Long taking your stick and moving back from defense from, from forward onto defense and putting a good showing in? It's good. It's... <laughs> it didn't take my stick. My stick's really low on flex now um, <laughs> but uh, no I mean he's good he, he, he's kind of like he's a smart player and I know like a lot of people in uh, 
probably expecting him coming from Manchester, just you know, score loads of goals. He, he probably can do that. I think he'll probably score a lot more this year. But he can also think the game pretty well, and you can see when he's playing D, you know, he takes good angles at the puck. He reads the play well, and he, and he kind of that that helps a lot when you, you come back and he can play well. Gary, this is like the new version of asking somebody if they have a nice Christmas at the end of January, but this is the first time we've spoken to you really uh, since uh, all of that that happened. You know, you, you had a test. Yeah, that, that whole thing. <laughs> you, had, you, had a, you had a testimonial, fantastic night. Uh, a, a great season was rolling on to, to what seemed to be a really exciting end. Um, and then obviously the whole world came crashing down. You're probably one of the few that uh, spent the pandemic, I'm presuming, here in Northern Ireland as, as the rest of the boys got on planes and disappeared. What was that like for you? Just uh, almost overnight, it feels like the whole club was just gone. Um, and, and how did you spend your, your like year and a half? Can you, can you fill us in on, on what you've been doing? Um, at the first immediate part of it wasn't so bad. Uh, my wife was finishing her third year in university and doing nothing. So I think she ended up getting a little bit of time off for the first lockdown and then she went back to work. But, uh, our youngest went into primary one and I was, then she got a job in the ICU. So the second lockdown and the third, I don't even know what to call it, for the prolonged second one over Christmas and then into March was quite difficult for us because she was working full-time as an ICU. Yes. Yeah. And I have two young kids, so... And the schools were closed, so I'm trying to teach a five-year-old his P1 lesson as well, the two-year-old's <laughs> trying to stick a pencil in the dog's eye. It's not the easiest... <laughs> not the easiest thing I've ever done. So it was stressful, but it was... I mean, I got to spend a lot of time with my kids, so... Yeah, careful what you wish for. <laughs> uh, so I'm guessing now being back in the room and back among the boys, the, the pressures and the stresses of, of daily life in the Elite Ice Hockey League are nothing on uh, trying to homeschool kids. No, I mean, I think I knew initially when I had that long stint out injured, coming back, you do realise like what you miss mm. and what it's like being in the team environment and stuff. And I, I kind of knew that already, that you know I, I would miss it. So I come back and obviously it's great to be back in the dressing room and the banter and and then going out and playing in front of fans and things is great as well. Got to go to a couple of Twitter questions. Um, Patrick Walsh, Ooh. what does it feel like to stick on the big C? Um, interesting. <laughs> it's are you going to give us the exclusive? Is that is that a thing? Like, I mean, are we is this a temporary measure or give us the AVFTB exclusive, Gary? Come on. We haven't even spoken about it in the room. I didn't even know I had the C until <laughs> somebody mentioned it to me when I walked in. I was like, oh, I've got to talk to the ref. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think in our team anyway, there's lots of guys that are, are kind of like leaders anyway. And, you know, more can be made about, you know, giving somebody the captaincy than what it really is. You know, we have probably four or five guys in the room this year who've played, oh, been around a while or who play the game or have characters that are what you would call leaders so I mean I'm honoured to you know wear the C for the Giants but, this uh, is like this is like news to me I never noticed this and I am made up this is <laughs> look at the smile this is brilliant this is like there you go. this should have happened a year ago or the last season <laughs> <laughs> well agreed. Absolutely, agreed absolutely chuffed two bits for you oh thank you I was very proud to sort of wear the sea but uh at the same time i just try to concentrate on doing my job <laughs> um class 
I'm just going to try and continue on as not I normally do and how, how I normally am. The, the kind of only added extra thing is you go and chat to the ref every now and then, you know, and they don't change their minds. So it'd be kind of futile go over there. <laughs> That wasn't, I, I wasn't I, a penalty. I, and he goes, I, I, it was. And he goes, all right then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take it from, from the smile of Davy's face. This might actually just wash away that whole Nottingham Panthers aspect, David. No, but it's, it's <laughs> like a, this, this is this is a question of, I don't even know how we, how we approach. So probably best with them and just ride the high of I've just found out that Mark Garside's the captain of Belfast down and I'm going to go a wee bit fanboy about it. It's just absolutely that perfectly. Time that so well, I, don't, well. I don't know if I'm well, I'm not like the continuous captain. We've changed it around the last few years. Let's just so. let's just ride the high here for yeah. Okay, we'll ride the high. Davey, also we need listens and clicks. So if you could ask the Panthers question, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need we need the controversy. So if you want to start digging them now, that'd be great. Okay, what I do is, well, I'll cut it from here. I'm just like lots of serious. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why the him? I take it it was a draft thing. You didn't really have a lot of choice, other than you could have said no. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like you just you were in the draft, and then. He just got. I'm probably quite lucky in the sense that we ended up in Nottingham because we were in their home dressing and we got all the facilities and all. So it actually worked out all right for us. I mean, obviously, which was good. <laughs> what was that like as an experience? It was good. I mean, like I, I had a sort of blast. It was. It was kind of weird too, um, coming right out of lockdown. Basically, and we were just shipped over or flew over to Nottingham. We had three teams staying in the jury's in, of which I might have seen the other teams like once or twice over a six week period. It was really strange. Like the way the time has worked out and like it, everything was very much like uh, you couldn't hang around in the hallways in the or in the lobby in the hotel or anything like that. Like, you know, it was all, you know, do your PCR or your what do you call it, lateral flow tests every day and you weren't it wasn't so bad in the sense that you weren't allowed outside. Because we did, we were able to go out, and everything started opening up after a week or two. So you could kind of go out and get lunch and stuff like that again. It was actually, it was pretty good. I don't think he's happy with that as an answer, which is perfect. Thanks, mate. That's a few extra clicks yeah, tomorrow. Uh, it, was a, it was the the life there was good. <laughs> it's tough here, here, Davy. He's wearing the C, mate. He's wearing he's wearing a captaincy. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, back to back to Twitter for a couple uh, a couple of questions from the fans. Predictably, uh, about uh, music. As, as as it often ends up on these interviews. Uh, do you have any favourite local bands or artists, or who are you looking forward to seeing when bands are fully touring again? I've got a list as long Ooh. as my arm. I know, the one band I did get into before lockdown came around was I listened to Elbow's new album. Oh, That's, very nice. And I, really, I really loved it. And I, they were going to play the Waterfront that year. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted to go see them. And there's a few other bands, like Nothing But Thieves, and uh, what's the other English rock band? Uh, what are they called? Something Blood. Royal Blood. Royal Blood. There you go. What them I'd like to see as well. I actually saw Jerry Cinnamon a couple of weeks ago as well. So did I. It was, a, it was my first one back. And uh, it could have been just a lad kicking a, a can around the stage. I'd have been there having a great time, to be honest, after 18 months. But... Oh, I know. I think everybody was absolutely <laughs> well up for that. Uh, there is the obvious question of do you have any plans to do any more music? Uh, there was obviously a, there was a fantastic night out with your good self. Uh, pre-pandemic yeah. as well uh, live music at the empire 
And uh, you've had, you know, quite a lot of time with kids running around you and stuff. I saw photos of the guitars on Facebook. Any plans to, to put anything more together? We did put together a few songs. Um, the, the people that I played with at the Empire, actually. But uh, obviously lockdown came around, so the guy had to close the studio. And then yeah. um, had some personal stuff. We just ended up, and then I ended up in Nottingham and then in Latvia. And uh, we haven't really got restarted. But we'll probably try and get something together. I don't know, some point this year. The end of this decade, I'll have an album in it, I think. Uh, Garth Little with that first question, and uh, Teal Trooper Daz with that second one. And finally, from our friend Johnny Baxter, you have to sing a duet with one member of this year's team. Who are you picking? And if whoever you choose, can Ooh. we have that at the awards night, please? <clears throat> well, it depends. If, if, we, if we win the league, I'd do it. Yeah, I'd sweet. There you go. Write that down. <laughs> Johnny, you heard that, mate. That's Whoa. happening. Who would I sing a duet with? Sing a few bars there, Davey. Go on. You know what? Besco would probably do a good duet. Right? Oh, man. That would be beautiful. I'm all in like, on you that. You probably want like a country song, and I'd be like, hang on. No, 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 no. We've got to sing something that people, you know, people know. <laughs> Watch out for the Giants Awards night. Patrick? Let's oh, get back to hockey, so to speak. Um, we've obviously seen Dundee and Fife over the last couple of weeks. Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup. Elite League yeah. action starts this weekend. Difficult couple of trips. Um, Cardiff Saturday and, and Coventry, probably the two teams that have, have looked as good as anybody so far this season. It's going to be a difficult weekend. Yeah, we've got to be you know ready to go and on our toes when we get in there because no disrespect to Fife and Dundee, but Cardiff's obviously been playing Champions League hockey, so they're going to be probably a, you know, a step above. So we're going to have to go in there and getting the mindset where we're going to be in a battle. So it's also going to be, there's going to be at times where we're under pressure and stuff, and it'll be interesting to see how we cope. I'm sure we've got enough quality in the lineup that we can, you know, cope with their pressure and then give some back too. So it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be fun, obviously, you know, having a challenge like that. And I think we're all looking forward to it. Is, is that one thing to take out of, as, as Joel and you described the start, that stuff that happened there, is that one thing to take out of it? That we're back, the most important thing, although it's a job, and it's, it's a passion for us to have fun playing this game. It's a game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was like I said before, I've obviously been, a, I've had a few injuries which have lasted a long time and you, you do realise how much it is fun. I think early on in my yeah, I did take it quite seriously and stuff, and, and was like dead set on. I think like, just things like training and, and and trying to be the best I could be, or, or probably overly serious about it. And as I, you know, as I got on in your career, you kind of like, you know, if you reach your maximum limit almost of what you can achieve, and then you understand the game is actually fun, and you can sort of chill out a bit and and enjoy it. And I think after the pandemic, I think a lot of guys probably went through a time where they've not played for a while and realised how much fun it actually is. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up here. Mr. Garside, thank you very much for your time. Good luck this weekend. Good luck the travel. And I'm looking forward to seeing you back at the SSC in a couple of weeks. For uh, I guess we're playing Fife or Dundee at <laughs> home. I guess that's oh, no. who we play. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the rest of the season, that's all there is now. <laughs> Thanks for your time, mate. No bar, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Big thanks to Mark Garside. Um, two games this weekend. 
uh, Cardiff Devils in the league and Coventry Blaze in the league. Two games away from home from the SSE uh, and the first two games in the defence of our 2019 uh, title, league title. Um, before I talk about them, obviously the second game is against the Coventry Blaze. It is live on Premier Sports, your home for hockey. And uh, I think... Uh, our guest in just a moment mentions that. But yeah, we had a chance earlier on to chat with Aaron Murphy and here's that chat. And with the game on Sunday against the Coventry Blaze being live on Premier Sports, who else are we going to bring in? Mr. Murphy, how are you? Oh man, Joel and I, we've been up late. We're still celebrating the Bull Sox victory. And uh, before we came live into the studio here, I have another baseball hat on. Your viewers will be happy, your listeners will be happy to know that you were absolutely disgusted when I changed over to my to my favorite hat. So let's See, go. He, right he embargoes me. He doesn't allow me to mention it, and, but you're, you can do what you want, Murph. You know, you're a guest. So I, I respect that. Listen, you talk about whatever you want to talk about tonight. Pick a man with it. Listen, boys, and it, 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 it's only been two days since I traveled down to London to watch my own New York Jets get a tanking. And I come in week. here and you boys are just hitting me hard. Thanks. <laughs> you know who your friends know, are? I don't know if I've lost more respect for you in the last 30 seconds finding out you're a Jets fan or if... <laughs> Knowing you're a Yankees fan all this all these years, it's Tough. breaking my heart. But Tough. it's character building. <laughs> uh, dear. Well, let's go back to the actually. Uh, we've got the game on Sunday. Murphy, listen, you've been a busy man. You've been over to Nottingham with regards to the Women's World Championships that were taking place and the qualifiers there. You know, you've got CHL happening, and the um, the elite league's been going great guns. Yeah, really looking forward to because uh, Sunday will obviously be my first look in person of the Giants. I've been watching clips and highlights, and uh, I'm really quite looking forward to Sunday because I think it, it's possibly the two best goalies in the league, really, isn't it? C.J. Mott versus uh, Beskarawani. So that's one that I, I'm, I had circled, especially when I saw the summer signings and all that. And we've been to Coventry once. CJ Mott is the real deal. I think he uh, he's the uh, sort of the anchor there or the rock that they're building on, and they're a fast team, Coventry. Uh, Lockenin's back. I mean, he dishes the puck as well as anyone. I mean, he had 40 assists a couple of years ago. Um, their power play, I think, once it gets going with Ferrara and, and some of the new pieces there, uh, Bludoff is a returning player, very good. So won't be easy for the Giants, but I think uh, a battle of two very good teams, and I think it could come down to the goaltending. And uh, as a purist who loves the goalies, I think it should be a, a very good Sunday evening on Premier. Murph, turning to the Premier Sports coverage in general, not just the, the EIHL so far this season, something that we've touched upon a couple of times uh, already on the podcast is the the growing sort of interest and, and the growing uh, dominance of the women's game in the UK. Now, obviously, you've got uh, Caitlin Berry on your broadcast team alongside you and Paul Eddy, and you're just off the back of uh, of three fantastic GB women's games and, and a really thrilling um, Olympic qualifiers that they just missed out on. How important is it to you? Uh, and, and obviously, you've got two fathers of, of, uh, of daughters here. How important is it to you that, that that continues to kind of get the spotlight that it deserves? Huge. That's a great question. I'm glad you brought that up, Jolie. Um, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember, in 2019, Dumfries, we were the first pers- first network to put the women's GB team on. We wanted to do the World Championships in Dumfries and see how it went. And they played very well there. They won a silver medal. Um, but it, it's Division 2A, right? It's a long way from Olympics and stuff like that. So the progression of that team, despite COVID and all that, uh, I don't know if you watched the games in Nottingham, it was unbelievable. I mean, they outplayed the opposition in all three games. Unlucky against uh, 
Slovini, you talk about goaltending. Dukaric, who plays for Yale, made 49 saves or 48 saves in that game. So unlucky not to be going through to the final stage. But for me, it's been a project behind the scenes. Uh, full credit to Andy French and Chris Ellis and everyone at Ice Hockey UK because to get Dumfries on the year was a huge undertaking because we were the first. So when you're the first, there's all kinds of questions about, well, how can we give that a budget? How can we do that? So we got that yeah. over the line, and now it seems we'll be able to pick up some steam with that, especially with how well they played. And magnificent to see 1,700 people there Sunday against Korea. You mentioned Caitlin. Well, Caitlin knows hockey as well as anyone I've spoken to. I mean, her, her knowledge of the Ontario Hockey League is unbelievable, if I'm yeah. honest. Uh, she knows the NHL. She knows the Elite League. She knows international hockey. Um when Chris Ellis, uh, when I reached out to Chris, I mean, Chris is a part of the squad, right? But Chris is a busy guy. He's got uh, a family, but he's also got commitments. Uh, the EIHL deal, the Premier Sports League, League deal, came together quickly and late. He had already booked some dates, and the first thing I said to him was, well, on the dates you, don't, you, don't, you can't make it, what do you think of ABC? I was very strong in thinking that we don't need another Chris Ellis. What is enough? Uh, <laughs> I was pretty. I was pretty keen on, on giving someone who was smart, uh, diligent, and and knew the game. I was very. I wanted to give someone an opportunity, much like someone gave me an opportunity 15, 16, 17 years ago when I couldn't string a sentence together and had a newfie accent. So everyone needs an opportunity. Um, Caitlin worked for Chris in Ice Hockey UK at the Men's Olympic Qualifiers before the pandemic in Nottingham. And he said, that would be a great choice to see how it goes, see if she's interested. Um, and I don't know if you watched, again, the, the, the qualifiers. We had Angela Taylor, who's a GB women's yeah. hockey legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, played play for the ZSC Lions, won Swiss titles, uh, skated at the University of New Hampshire with some of the best uh, American players. So she was on with me and Paul Aiden. And the fun, the crack that was had there, because uh, Angela had 70 points in 54 games for GB. Paul Aidey had, uh, I think he had 52 points in 54 games played. So I had great fun <laughs> reminding him that he was the second best GB international on the panel. Um, but but to your to your question, it's very important to me. I have a, a son and a daughter, but not just because I have a daughter. And I'm sure the other guys feel the same way. I think it's about time that people were looked at for their ability and their knowledge and not just, you know, you know, the, the, the Mr. or the Mrs. or Miss. So, I think Caitlin's done a good job. She's new. And between you you guys, I've already heard some rumblings from certain corners that, oh, this and that. And so it leads me to believe we've done the right thing by by giving her a chance because some of the some of the people that will complain about you doing something new are exactly the people you don't want on the show. So I think we've done the right thing. And you look at Angela Taylor and, and Caitlin Berry, they know hockey as well as anyone. So I think we're doing the right thing. And look, Chris is awesome. And when he couldn't, he couldn't do all the shows. He gave us an opportunity to, to, to give someone else an opportunity. And I hope Caitlin continues to grow and, and take it by the horns. And I hope I get to work with Angela Taylor uh, again, because she's definitely the best GB international I've ever worked with. No offense, Paul. Yeah, Murph, I, I kind of half, not disagree with your point there, but talking about being dads of girls, um, I think it focuses a wee bit more on, on where the holes are and things. And it's good to see more women get there. There has to sometimes be a little bit of a enforced equality. You have to push women in these spaces because a podcast is four white guys sitting in their bedrooms. And that's just look at us. And, and we have to take that on board as well of what we're doing with the podcast and how we find a voice for look, the, 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 the giant fan base is probably even more slightly 
women-based than men, you know. It's, so we have to find, and we have talked about this over many years, yeah. about how we get those voices that don't always want to come, but when there's one available and they're knowledgeable, get them in there. And so we like, see where it goes. Hopefully it works out for her. But bringing us back to the EIHL, we've had sort of three, four weeks of it now. What's what stood out to you? Have you seen anything that you've liked? The speed of the game. I, I can't believe... Uh... I mean, Sheffield, Sheffield, Cardiff. Well, I'd seen Cardiff in the Champions Hockey League and the likes of Sanford and Cox. I mean, five foot six, five foot seven guys, real buzzsaws. And I mean, Sanford's got three or four goals in the uh, in the Champions Hockey League, right? So you watch the speed of the game. And I didn't know, I didn't, I, admittedly, I didn't get to watch a lot of the elite series. And that was a different construct and a different way of doing things. But the speed of the game, despite the fact that some guys have had layoffs and certainly some teams have had layoffs, not everyone played in the Elite Series. So the speed of the game is in full force. Sheffield can fly, man. Some of those guys can fly. Um, Cardiff are fast. I'm actually really surprised at how fast uh, the Blaze were in that game against Sheffield on TV a few weeks ago. And they probably should have won that game. I mean, they got a point. Always tough to get a point against Sheffield, right? But... The Blaze were, were were quick in that game. They were all over Sheffield in the first period. Um, that's Stojanovic, Rock Stojanovic, played very well. And, and he played very well against Cardiff. He stopped Sanford on a breakaway. So the speed of the game, the goaltending. And I'd have to say I'm really interested, and Paul Aidy will tell you this as well. Man, the coaches are in fine form early on. Aaron Fox, Danny Stewart, uh, Jared Scaldi finally getting an opportunity after a bit of a start, slow start in the Champions Hockey League with COVID protocols and stuff. The coaching keeps getting better, and I'm sure it's something you've talked to Kiefer about trying to match guys and strategies and having a different game plan for different teams and uh, systems. Paul Aidy would know much more about that than me, but we've been really surprised, not surprised, pleasantly intrigued by how the coaching has gone so far. So it's almost like there was no layoff, if I'm honest. The speed and the quality is right there. And, And as we've said before on this show, Every year, the, the the Premier Sports Elite League gets better and better, and it seems to be going that way so far. I think that what we've because we have only seen Dundee and Fife so far, and Fife are struggling. Let's let's be honest. Fife's yeah. recruitment's maybe been a little bit, maybe not where they want it to be, and they'll maybe make some changes or whatever. But I think even looking at our friend, our good friend Omar Pasha, the, the changes he's made, maybe not on the fly, but the changes from game to game to game, versus us and seeing what we've done, seeing what he's done, and made the changes for for the following night and the speed that they're making changes. Yeah, the coaching is it's really taking off. You look at it, right? I mean, Kiefer's a great coach, but the way he played the game, he saw things through a different prism. So the ability of someone like Aaron Fox or Danny Stewart was a player. Aaron Fox was a general manager, a director of sport for Zagreb. So he's looking through different prisms. But I think the one thing I've noticed so far is that it's not just the level and the speed, it's the coaching is getting better. So you get found out pretty quickly if you haven't done your homework, if you haven't done your scouting, if you haven't done your video. So to me, something that used to be just more of a, I mean, a coach throwing a stick across the ice or the emotion or throwing a water bottle, that's gone. It's, it's, it's pure game planning. It's pure matching. It's homework. And I love that because when I'm standing next to Paul, I can see his juices. He, his interest gets peaked when there's a line matching or there's an in-game change. I don't know if you remember five, six years ago, and even when Paul Aidy won an Elite League title with you, it's very, very rare to see in-game changes of strategy. You try and hammer a square peg through a round hole. Now guys are changing the breakout. Guys will change the forecheck, and I think that just makes it exciting. There could be, you know, two games in one, you know, and uh, 
I think someone like Omar Pasha is one really smart. Omar has always uh, impressed me. When he was a player, he always had time for us, and he was always an interesting chat. Um, when he was in Manchester with a friend of the show, Neil, the coach Russell, he, he <laughs> proved his work rate, right? He proved his work ethic. And now I think he's really rounding into form because, remember, it was pretty tough. It's tough to be a player coach. I've always said that. You could be minus three, and then you've got to go in and tell the guys they didn't do a good enough job. has to be the toughest job in the past to be a player coach. So now he's rounding into form. I just think that whoever wins the Elite League, whoever wins the Challenge Cup, whoever wins the Premier Sports uh, Playoff Final Weekend or the Premier Sports Elite League title, it's going to come down to a little bit of coach having uh, aces up the sleeve as well. I think... When you go back to Coach Eddy there, he, he, there was an element, not of luck, but puck luck, whatever you want to call it. Whenever he came, we didn't have injuries. And he was able to run three lines, and he just ran them on and off. He didn't need the line match. It was up to others to try and compete with us. Same at the back end. They had Elfie and Brickwell came in and were outstanding together. And that league was over. That league was over Christmas, basically, that season. Like it, was, it's, it hasn't really been done since. And... There was an element of like it was, it was good coaching, it was good recruitment, but he we had a bit of luck as well. No, he's told me that before. I mean, they didn't have an injury, but they didn't have an injury until that Challenge Cup, and all of a sudden Murph was hurt, and I think Kiefer was banged up, and that was two legged Challenge Cup. They won the first leg of the Challenge Cup, but they were so banged up, it it, it got away from them. And then their next worst injury was uh, heading into the playoff final weekend. Peaks was hurt, and Kiefer was definitely hurt because he walked in on one leg, and I thought, oh, this isn't great. So he said, we had no injuries. We won the Elite League in record time. And as you said, people had to match them and change their game plan because you guys were so good. And then all of a sudden the injuries came and it just goes to show you that once injuries come, it doesn't matter what you do, it's difficult to win. So, yeah, he said that was a tale of three seasons in some ways. Um, he feels like they could have had all of those, you know, all of those titles. But he also said it's not easy. It's not easy to win in the Elite League. The Elite League is... Uh, the Premier Sports Elite League is getting better year on year, but he will tell you there was a little bit of bad luck there. There was good luck up until Christmas and into January, February, and then once the Challenge Cup hit, there was some illness and some injury that certainly wreaked havoc. I mean, I'll never forget Kiefer walking in, and he was peg leg, right? And yeah. I just looked at him, up. and he kind of looked at me, yeah. and I knew, boy, oh, boy, this is going to be tough. And it was, right? But you, you need your captain to be going. He wanted to go. He's still dressed. Peaks, I don't even think dressed. I don't think he could walk, so... Uh, I guess the steam came out a little bit for, for Coach AD. He probably needed Angela Taylor on the bench to try and <laughs> teach him a thing or two. And I guess that, sorry, Patty, just before we go, that just one last bit. There's a bit more depth in goaltending now than, than what there perhaps was. You know, as you say, the second leg of the Challenge Cup final, I think we had perhaps like a, a five-goal lead or something going into it. Stephen Murphy is actually sick on the night, Yeah, you know, but he has to play kind of thing, and... It's so unfortunate for us it doesn't work out. But you look now, Besco, West have kind of split the five games, three and two, whatever, and, and, and Deco won't be found wanting when he's called upon, I'm sure, in the later stages of these groups in the Challenge Cup. So there's definitely, the league has improved. You know, we've gone to this four lines, maybe slightly more squeezed towards three, but the goaltending depth's getting better too. Well, it's a great point by you, and I think that comes down to coaching and being brave in your recruitment. Five years ago, that wasn't done. You had an import goalie and a guy that you didn't want to play. Or you let him play against, uh, you know, situations where he could win or he came in the third period in a five-goal lead or whatever. But look at Jared Scaldi, new to the league, right? Took a long time coming. He was hired before COVID and finally gets behind the devil's bench. But he wanted two import goalies, right? And both Taron Cozen and Carruth have played. 
and both of them have played well. And Matt Carruth, from what I've seen in Champions Hockey League, is really going to be difficult this year. And Taron Kozen is good as well. So uh, Jared Scaldi was willing to go that way so that he didn't have a situation perhaps like poor old lady had back in, in that moment. But, I mean, that, again, is because a different mindset through a different prism and a breath of fresh air perhaps in Jared Scaldi. I've spoken to him. He's a great guy, but he's got some great ideas. And he's, he's, he's rare if you look back on those situations, he'd be rare to bring into uh, import goalies. Going to bring it briefly back now, just to wrap things up, Murph, with regards to the elite league. And obviously, you're a busy man. You know, with the, the, you've, you've talked about your CHL is happening tomorrow and Wednesday with with, with the Carved Devils before the Carved Devils face us on on Saturday. And then, of course, we got the the Premier Sports Elite League uh, live game that's taking place on on Sunday. You've got the international games tonight. Is the start of the NHL season? You know, everybody's every, hockey is coming back in a big, big way. Not just for us, but on Premier Sports as well and uh but if you give us a rundown of what we what can we expect on on sunday from from you guys on premier sports yeah i'm re- like it's really good we're going to be on air at 5 30 face off at six o'clock in coventry and thanks to the blaze those games were supposed to be 5 30 but they've moved their face offs back to six so we can dodge some premier league and also have a better sort of pre-game show so thanks to everyone who's, who's made those things possible but that's going to be a real good show because I can't wait to see uh, Beskarwani versus Mott. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Champions Hockey League continues on free sports. Don't forget, the Spengler Cup and things like that are still yeah. around as well at, over the Christmas period. The NHL starts. I mean, the doubleheader. I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning will kick things off. But, I mean, it, it's exciting times, isn't it? I love this time of year. It's got that Christmas in the air and that, you know, the leaves are falling and it's hockey season. And uh, I guess it's not really hockey season uh, until I see you guys. So it's good to see you here, here this evening. Although I don't know where Joel went. I put on the, the Red Sox after Joel <laughs> and he, he leaves. I don't know where Sizz is. I don't know what I did to Kitchen, but I'll have to talk to him offline perhaps. But, yeah, no, I, I think for us it's all guns a-blazing. And I know Neil Russell used to take great pains in winding me up and making fun of your home for hockey and his broken <laughs> Canadian accent. But, between Premier Sports and Free Sports, that's always been the goal. And I think we're, we're back to where we want to be after the pandemic. We've got the NHL. We've got the Champions Hockey League. We've got the Premier Sports Elite League. We've got International. We'll, we'll, have, we'll be in Finland for the GB men's side. Um, things like the Spengler Cup. And, and there's always things that I try and add. My boss is driven, demented with me, asking for more and more and more. Um, but I think, you know, you're never going to please everybody. Um, and the Premier Sports Elite League, the first thing is people say, oh, there's not enough games, and then there's not enough this or that. But we're doing the best we can. We're coming out of a pandemic, man, and, and we just signed our NHL deal, and people said, oh, I wish I'd known this a month ago. Well, we didn't know it a month ago. The part of a negotiation is they want more, we want to pay less, and it comes down to the wire. So people, you know, people are funny. People are actually out there thinking, you're holding on so that we'll buy NHL.TV and we'll buy Premier Sports. No, like we didn't know that the deal was signed. So I guess my message is what to expect of us is as much as we can show. And I look back to when I moved over here 15 years ago, I used to get so excited if there was one NHL game on TV a week or one highlight show on Sky a week from the Elite League. Now you can watch the Elite League every Sunday or every weekend almost. You can watch the NHL two games a night every night. You can watch women hockey with women pundits and women sideline reporters. I, I think we've done a good job, and this isn't me. I think the people above me and the people who I constantly natter at, they've done a real good job, and I think we really are getting to where we want to be as the home for hockey. So I hope people enjoy, and after a panic, we all need to have fun, laugh, 
we need to to wind each other up and enjoy each other's company in the arena again. So I, I think we're we're almost there, lads. And uh, I look forward to my first trip to the SSE Arena. I look forward to seeing Eaton and and all the kids there. Um, Blake, I hope I get to see Blake soon, man, because that's what it's all about. All all the people that enjoy hockey. So to all of your viewers and listeners that have had a tough time during COVID, I guess the message is expect as much hockey as I can possibly get my bosses to put on the air and. If you see me, say hello, because I'd love to speak to, to anyone uh, who's had a tough time and uh, hope to see you guys soon. Big thanks to Murph. Uh, always great chat. Uh, I know you enjoyed that chat, David. You, know, you, could, you could tell you enjoyed just we, we always enjoy having Murph on and having a good crack on. He, he, look, Murph is the kind of guy that you enjoy going for a beer with because he'll talk hockey and when he comes and he never, ever turns us down on the podcast. He's no, like, very good. You, you WhatsApp him and you get an answer from him. Yeah, he, he, he well, loves being on. He loves talking just, hockey, and he loves just, just to quickly point out that that interview was done in very short notice. You know, I, I sort of been a busy day for me, and just at the last <clears> minute, <throat> I thought we need to get Murph on, and bang, he, he was here. It was fortunate he could find his Bo Sox hat so quickly, wasn't it? Oh boy, but, oh boy. Um, it's yeah, the last time. Lingo and all night, Bo Sox. I only that's that's say, yeah, big guy, big rounders guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the big, most big Haggard fan. It's the most I've liked Murph since we had a few beers with him after the playoffs in a Nottingham restaurant. <laughs> oh, the right one. Um, um, yeah, segue in there. Yeah, nope. Like, like, thanks to Murph. I love talking about. He's, he's just he's he's a hockey guy, and he just he talks so well. He talks so passionately about our product as well, and he's he's worked so hard. He's pushed so many doors. He's pushed so many buttons to get us on the air. And anyone that complains about 30 IHLs games being on the season, well, they're mental. They still need to wind their neck in. Let's <laughs> have a quick chat about these two games. I know, Davey, is not your favourite part of the show, but it is the uh, yeah, it is cool. the first two league teams. Well, I'll go to Joel. First, it is, they are the first two uh, league games uh, for the Belfast Giants. And you know the first teams that we've played that aren't Dundee or Fife. Um that Cardiff game, especially coming off the back of what will be a difficult game for them at home on Wednesday in the CHL, uh, it's going to be a real challenge for the Giants. Yeah, the the Cardiff game, I think you know you, you do have a, a very sage point there in, in that wider CHL argument that the Devils will surely have been the most tested team in the league at this point. Um, you know, and, and it remains to be seen whether it will contribute to fatigue or tiredness, or whether they'll come in and hit the ground running. You know, hockey players are used to playing multiple games in a week, and it could end up being a, a further challenge. It's so hard looking at the tables to get a kind of read on where these teams are at. You know, you've you've got Cardiff uh, have only played two games in the league, uh, a win and an overtime loss, um, whereas they've two wins, an overtime win, and a loss in the Cup. Um, Coventry have had a miserable start to the Challenge Cup. That one win at the weekend was their first in four games. Um, But they currently sit second in the Elite League with two wins and an overtime loss. It's really hard to get a read on these teams because we just haven't seen much of them yet, and we've been in in Challenge Cup land. But I think we can probably all agree that we're moving into a a new level this weekend. I I think from speaking to uh, the coach after the game on Sunday that it's it's clear in, in the locker room that they're moving on to a different challenge and, and the teams that they play will not be like the teams that they face so far. And that's with all due respect to to Dundee and to Fife. Um, but they, they should be going in expecting a, a much more physical battle and teams to come at them and maybe not just being as comfortable on the kill, maybe not moving the puck as easily on a power play. Teams are going to come at them this weekend. And I think I think it's the, the first real test for the Giants. And personally, I, I can't wait to see, uh, to see how it pans out. I can't wait to have some big league fixtures in Belfast. 
David, what really good point from uh, from Murph, especially coming into both that and the Coventry sorry Cardiff game and the Coventry game, is the fact is the standard in netminder that we're going to face in like the CJ man. And you know these are top top level netminders who uh, who have already stood up. Mott last season, or sorry, I did say last time we're going to call it last season, but what last season was excellent. Yeah, look, we, I talked about this slightly earlier in the in the show at the end of the sort of analysis of the of the five games, and I'll talk about it again at the start of, of next week's show. But um, we, 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 and we talked about it with Murph. There's not an awful lot more to say. It's going to be a test for all the goaltenders. I expect Besco to go back to back for us. I would expect them to play both games this weekend. But you know, it's just about getting off to a strong start here. Our penalty kill hasn't been over te- overly tested. Our power play has been very, very good. Certainly one line of it. So special teams are always going to be critical. Guys are still sussing out how these referees call games. I'm sure we'll probably have a different referee again now. We're, we're down in South Wales rather than up in Scotland. But who you know, So guys will have to, to work out just how those refs call the games as well. But like I've... Nothing really to say in this part of the show, mate. <laughs> I think I think you know, what, what was needed to be said was said in our chat with Murph there, but I think we'll go, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll work our way through. You know, Cardiff Devils against the Belfast Giants Saturday at seven p.m. at the Viola Arena, and it'll also be live on what is now called Devils TV. It's a new rebranding of Ice Time TV. Devils TV. You can catch the webcast if you're not taking the trip over to Wales, and then on Sunday, six p.m. Uh, coverage starts at 5.30, Coventry against the Belfast Giants to the Coventry Sky Dome, live on Premier Sports. Both games taking place in the Premier Sports Elite League this weekend. Uh, gentlemen, any other business? No. Oh, Joel, the only, only bit of business I have is that I'd like to thank everyone who contributed to the CHL shirt we put up for Smith's unfortunate um accident at the house so we raised 215 pounds which i'm going to put in the just given i'm going to give smith the um the 15 names to get him to do the draw just as a, a bit just to let him box that out so thanks to everyone who contributed there it was tragedy what happened and uh, i'm just glad that everybody walked out a lot without um any damage to life or limb um you know possessions can be replaced yes of course you're sentimental and there's things that you, you'll miss and you're sad about it but main thing is everyone came out in one piece and uh we're glad that we could do just a very little tiny bit to help them out. Yeah, like I, it's been a long show, so I, I don't really have anything just to, to follow up on Davey. Uh, whenever whenever they're needed, the, the Belfast Giants fan base rallies for their own, uh, and it, we've seen it time and again. We're only four or five, four weeks into this season after a, a very, very long layoff. People are in, in tough financial situations, but I've seen so much charity and so much goodwill around this fan base from uh, from your efforts, Davey, with the, the sort of pledge uh, tying into Rainer's opinion oh. from obviously Smitty, and, and you have an update on that? Apart from I will, best, I will, I'm, 20 quid. When I get the stats, you're already 20 quid in the in the poo. I, I will, am. when I am doing a spreadsheet at the minute, I have the list. <laughs> the list is incredible, actually. It's sitting on my desk here, the list of what people have pledged is I I'd be surprised if we're not at over a hundred pounds already, you know, and and three weeks in the season. So multiply that by thirty weeks, ten. You know, we could be looking at a grand or more here, which would be brilliant for Rainer's cause. So we'll, I'll I'll give a bit of an update on the Twitter tomorrow when I get it done. And if Besco could chuck a few in, that'd be great. <laughs> Wait, wait a minute. No, hey, what's it gonna do? <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> it's uh it's obviously it's fantastic just the the the, the generosity uh while people are experiencing their own difficult circumstances no doubt around the fan base it's been incredible and we're only just a few weeks in and i know there's going to be more to come so um tip of the cap to everybody who's who's involved here and on that note we'll wrap things up cardiff against belfast saturday 7 p.m at the viola arena catch that on devil's tv with gareth uh, and Coventry Blaze against the Belfast Giants Sunday 6pm. Coverage starts at 5.30 on Premier Sports with uh, with Mr Murphy and Paul Eddy and, uh, and and Chris Ellis. It's not him anyway. It's not him anyway. And that's on a five, coverage starts at 5.30 face off at 6 on Premier Sports. Um, big thanks to Karen Long, to Murph, to Mark Garside, Jeff Mason, JJ Pickenich, uh, Griffin Reinhardt, to Simon for getting all those, and to you two gents in front of us, as always. Great to see you and good to talk hockey. Uh, Davy just showing the, 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 on YouTube. If you're watching, he's showing that broken leg. It's still, it's no longer broken. It is now fully fledged and he is back in football. Yeah, I don't know. He, the man who will never, ever, ever retire. He's, uh, he's, back, he's back playing the game. We're, we're very proud of you, Toblerone Boots. and on that note wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on a view from the Podcast Network.